I'm news columnist John A. Torres, and welcome back to Wild Florida, where we take a look at some of the unique and sometimes scary wildlife that Florida has to offer. In this episode, Florida Today environmental reporter Jim Waymer examines what it takes to do wild animal rescue. As you can imagine, these rescuers have seen it all. Saving Florida's critters is a dirty, hectic, often crazy, and almost always noisy business. It's sometimes thankless and heartbreaking, but it can also be rewarding, as the numerous happy endings at the Florida Wildlife Hospital and Sanctuary in Palm Shores have shown. There, Tracy Frampton, the hospital's director, reigns over a rabble of rapacious raccoons and wily rabbits and nagging raptors. Honestly, when I walked into the building, I got the sense it was kind of like managed chaos, where caregivers must be flexible, patient, and always ready to improvise. Because in truth, they never know what's going to come through that door. And when I say chaos, I mean loud chaos. <laughs> through the hospital's narrow main corridor, you enter a cacophony of ever-demanding birds. Pelicans, ospreys, owls, hawks, all chirping, squawking, probably wondering, what the heck am I doing in here? All beaks are wide open, screaming, feed me! And there's a mockingbird that mocks me relentlessly. There are baby squirrels that fell from trees, orphaned bobcats that don't know how to hunt yet, pelicans hooked with fishing gear. There's the cute and fuzzy, and there's those that only a mother could love, like those of the slithering, slimy variety. Days can be frustrating, tiring, and sometimes sad. But most days are fun, like this day when Tracy Frampton and her staff are training young otters how to get their wild on. Teaching the otters to catch, eat food that bites back. Okay. And where, where'd you get it's the otters? Um, one came from Gainesville and one came from Christmas. They've been here since April. Um, we can't release them until, you know, they in the, at the right developmental stage and they really need to be able to catch live food. So they're at the point now where they're in training. Yeah, we've given them fish a few times. So. And so this is the first crabs we've done. How long does it take to train them? Um, it's going to take multiple time. We're, it's probably going to be... At the earliest... At the end of August, Sherry would, says, would we, we would release them. So it's we don't feed them live every day, but as much as we can get live things, we feed them to them. And once we're really comfortable with how they're eating, killing them and eating them and all of that, then we know that they're ready to go. Matt Buse is sort of like an EMT for critters. He graduated Florida Institute of Technology with a degree in marine biology. And volunteering at the Florida Wildlife Hospital got him hooked on saving critters. Now, after starting his animal rescue nonprofit called Wild Florida Rescue with Heather Pepe Dillon, he is often savior to all types of animals, including herons, ospreys, and sometimes very elusive and protective mama raccoons. Only several months into the gig, Buse has plenty of war stories to tell. So what are some of the uh, biggest adventures you've had so far? Well, it's usually the ones that either require me to go up a tree or go out into the middle of a pond or river. Um, one in particular that was pretty memorable was a couple baby raccoons had fallen out of the ceiling of a mausoleum. Uh, they fell about 30 feet down. Heather was the first to respond. She was able to gather the babies up, take them outside, and see just see if the mom was still around. She could hear scratching up in the ceiling. 
and after about an hour of her sitting out there with the babies, mom came crawling over, down the tree, grabbed one of the babies, and went back in. Yay, success. Um, except she left one, and this one was pretty quiet, so she didn't hear it, and she didn't come back. So about another two hours or so later, um, I was finally there, and we had come up with a plan that we were going to go after mom. Um, we managed to get some of the workers involved. They gave us a scissor lift to go to the top of this mausoleum with this baby raccoon. We were on the roof searching around and there was a AC unit that looked a little funny. It was a bunch of stuff scattered out on the roof, a big hole in the side. And we said, yes, mom's going to be in there. So we went over to the AC unit. Uh, she grabbed the baby, tried to make it make noise. Of course, it was quiet. So we ended up actually playing raccoon sounds from a YouTube video that we saw. And we waited and waited, and sure enough, we heard scratching come up out of the AC. Mom poked her head out, grabbed the baby, and took it back in. And finally, with a little help from YouTube and workers at the Miles William, we got both babies back. Amanda Aiken, the hospital's manager, has seen it all too. Here, birds of a different feather are forced together cage to cage in tight quarters. Things can get rowdy. And did I mention loud? Oh, those are all blue jays. There's another mockingbird in there. That black one right there is a grackle. <clears throat> and then in here there's a little cardinal. They look pretty different. Um, usually people find them on the ground. Um, a lot of times they're fledglings, which is a natural life stage. They're supposed to be on the ground at that time. Um, but people see small and think they need rescuing. Um, so that's a big part of what we do here is educating the public that just because you see this little bird on the ground doesn't necessarily need, means that it needs help. Um, so if possible, if they're healthy and there's nothing wrong with them, there's not um, feral cats or that kind of stuff in the area, we'll usually send them back to let the parents finish taking care of them. Because um, while we love what we do here, we're not a bird mom. So we do the best that we can, but we're certainly no substitute for, mm. for their real parents. Mom knows best. Mom knows best. You never know what you're going to get at the wildlife hospital. Sometimes people leave snakes, hopefully not venomous ones, in the hospital's overnight critter drop box. Most rescuers, such as Buse, aren't trained to handle venomous snakes. He'll tangle with gators if they're less than four feet but not the big mamas. Sometimes things get weird. Tracy Frampton comes across countless odd critter happenings as well. Sometimes endangered or threatened species become patients at the hospital, which can give local researchers subjects to study. One time a threatened species, one without wings, fell from the sky. A little baby diamondback terrapin, this big, it fell from the sky, literally. They, a bird must have had it and dropped it in this woman's driveway and so she brought it in and it didn't appear to be injured um, but we kept it for a day and then there's a um, professor at FIT who has a Head Start permit so she's allowed to keep them, kind of get them to a certain size and then release them so she was going to Head Start him. But how many times do you see a terrapin flying through the sky? So you had some bobcats here recently, right? We had bobcats last year um, that we did get to release. We, we got multiple ones in. One of them was just way too tame when it came in, so it ended up getting placed at a facility as an exhibit animal. 
Um, and then we had two, were they females? There were two females that we ended up raising up. And releasing last and those, year. Those are feisty little critters. They right? are feisty little critters. <laughs> yeah. Yes. And you had to get get them to be feisty, right? You yeah, gotta, we gotta train them to them, be mean. Yes. <laughs> yeah, we don't want them to get tamed down. Otherwise, then they're not going to be successful in the wild. So we really try to stay away from them as much as possible. Not a lot of hands on with them, um, and just hope that we get them out before they think that we're nice. Any other sort of war stories? Or- Strange happenings. Well, we had one interesting event. Um, I think it was last summer. One of the volunteers said there's a great blue heron out in the pond that wasn't one of our patients. It was just a wild bird, but he got his head stuck in something. And so we're like, that's really weird. It looked like he had a hose, like his head was stuck in a hose. So I, we ran out. We have a little kayak out there, so we ran, went out in the kayak, chased him in the water, and he had a snake wrapped around his head. Good Lord. So I grabbed the bird, grabbed the snake. Both, both seemed fine. I think lesson learned from both of them. Um, and they both, we just let them both go. So that was a wacky one that wasn't even a patient here, but these things happen. What kind of a snake? It was a black racer. Yeah. yeah. So you're not afraid of snakes? Yeah, no. Yeah, I guess you can't be afraid of anything. Not, not too much, no. And here we go. Out behind the hospital building are cages and ponds for pelicans and other birds. There's a special cage for bobcats and other predators to practice hunting. One cage has a pool for the recent otter arrivals. Staffer Don Craig carries out a bucket full of fiddler crabs, the ones that fight back. She tosses them crabs, the otters grab them with their jaws, then they dip in and out of the pool, chomping away, then return for more. Frampton says the otters could be set free soon. Many other critters as well. Most stay in Florida. It's where they belong. I'm John Torres, and thanks for listening to Wild Florida. That was Florida Today reporter Jim Waymer. You can follow him on Twitter at J-W-A-Y-E-N-V-I-R-O. On our next episode, news press reporter Amy Williams will talk about her love-hate-love relationship with an invasive species that has thrived on Florida's west coast. For more information on these critters and web exclusives, please go to floridatoday.com slash wildflorida or pnj.com slash wildflorida or our other participating sites. Wild Florida is brought to you by the USA Today Network, Florida. Florida.